Hello, my name is Diana Dirkby and I live with paranoid schizophrenia. You are listening to my podcast show, Schizophrenia As I Live It. The soundbite you just heard is from Pastime with Good Company by King Henry VIII, performed by the Chestnut Brass Company. Today's podcast chapter is entitled The Overlife and Underlife in Egyptology. In this short podcast chapter, we will compare the meaning of overlife in my book, The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia, and the meaning of the same word among scholars of ancient Egypt or Egyptologists. We will see that they are pretty different, but nonetheless interesting to compare. Egyptologists also use the word underlife, which doesn't occur in my novel. In Egyptology, the terms overlife and underlife describe the two parts of the afterlife in ancient Egyptian belief. The overlife was a spiritual realm where the deceased would continue to exist after death. It was a place of peace and happiness where the dead could enjoy the company of their loved ones and participate in activities they had enjoyed in life. The underlife on the other hand, was the realm of the dead. It was a dark and dangerous place where the deceased could be punished for their misdeeds in life. However, it was also possible for the deceased to achieve a state of enlightenment in the underlife and eventually ascend to the overlife. The terms overlife and underlife were first used by the Egyptologist Suzanne Perfect Miller. For example, in her book, Overlife slash Underlife of Ancient Egypt, from 1990. Perfect Miller argued that these terms were more accurate than the traditional terms heaven and hell for describing the two parts of the afterlife in ancient Egyptian belief. Overlife was closely linked to the Egyptian belief in the Ka, The Ka was a spiritual double of the deceased, believed to continue to exist after death. The Ka was responsible for providing the death with life force and it was essential for the deceased to have a Ka to survive in the afterlife. The concept of the underlife was closely linked to the Egyptian belief in the judgment of the dead. After death, the deceased was believed to be judged by the gods. If the deceased was found to have lived a good life, they would be allowed to enter the overlife. However, if the dead was found to have lived a bad life, they would be punished in the underlife. The concepts of overlife and underlife played an essential role in ancient Egyptian culture. They helped to shape the way that the Egyptians thought about death and the afterlife, and they also influenced the way that they prepared for death. For example, The Egyptians often built tombs for their deceased loved ones, filling them with objects they believe would help the dead survive in the afterlife. The concepts of overlife and underlife continue to interest scholars and historians today. In my novel, The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia, the word overlife is a noun derived from the verb overlive. In Collins' English Dictionary, published by HarperCollins, overlive means to live longer than another person or to survive an event. 
I feature in the novel in particular the notion of overlife as the legacy someone leaves upon their death, and, more predominantly, the life of a person after the event of the onset of schizophrenia and or its diagnosis, the official diagnosis affecting how others view you. Therefore, overlife, as I use the term, only applies to the world of the living even when it is the legacy of someone deceased. We make no assumption about the afterlife and there is no mention of good or bad fates after death. Hopefully, this podcast clears up any misunderstanding about these two different usages of the word overlife. So that's all for today. We finish with a soundbite of Glenn Gould playing Bach's Chromatic Fantasia and Fugue in D minor, BWV 903. Thank you for listening.